0: Maryland made on three, Maryland made on me. One, two, three, Maryland, Maryland made. made. Welcome to another episode of the Maryland May Podcast. The Maryland May Podcast provides timely, relevant, and practical information to help student-athletes and alumni become leaders, develop professional competencies, and be conscientious advocates in both their local and global communities. I am Walt Pegues, a Big Ten Diversity Fellow in the Maryland May Unit here at Maryland. And joining me today to continue our More Than an Athlete series is Katie Dustin of the University of Maryland softball program. I'm excited to dive into this conversation as we talk about Katie's career readiness journey and her leadership and much more as we go before, between, and beyond. Katie, first things first. How are you feeling on this Friday morning?
1: Great. Um, happy to be here, excited for the weekend, and thank you for having me, Walt.
0: No doubt, no doubt. I'm definitely looking forward to this episode. Um, I have the privilege to work alongside you um and sack, the exec board, but um your leadership has been impressive so far this semester and just getting a chance to know you so. I'm excited to have this conversation and allow our audience to kind of hear more about your story and, you know, a lot of things that you have on your plate, but also looking ahead to your future as well. So um, to kick things off, right, you know, before, between and beyond is our theme. So before, Marilyn, just tell me a little bit about your upbringing in Glenel Maryland with the silent G. Uh, Tell me a little bit about that. And, you know, how has that, um, your childhood shaped you into who you are today?
1: Yeah, well, Walt, to start, I'll give you the basic information. Um, I'm the oldest of three girls. I have two younger sisters, Molly and Lily. Um, my mom's a teacher. My dad is a small business owner. He's a general contractor. Um, and a big thing about my upbringing is that I absolutely love having sisters. We are extremely competitive and I swear they have made me the athlete that I am today and the leader I am today because we were always competing with each other in a very loving way. But I grew up in Western Howard County, Glenelg, Maryland. Um, that's more the rural part of the County. So I was outside a lot as a kid, just running around and having a good old time. Um, I went to school with some very amazing lacrosse players. Don't know why I picked softball, but I did. Um, but yeah, I absolutely love my hometown. Maybe one day I'll move back there. We don't know, but that was my childhood.
0: Gotcha. (laughs) Sounds, Sounds fun. You know, sounds fun. I'm, I'm the oldest as well. I just have one brother. So I definitely understand, you know, how even having younger siblings can push you as an older sibling to be the best you can be. So I definitely understand that. But, um, Softball. Um, when did you start playing softball? Um, and like, when did you know that, you know, you could be a collegiate student athlete?
1: So I played, I started playing softball when I was 10. That's also why my number is 10. And I was actually a cheerleader before I started playing softball. Just one day I decided to start playing softball. A girl came into my lunch group in fifth grade and said her dad needed more players. So I started when I was 10. It's as simple as that. Um, And I really fell in love with it and like, not to toot my own horn, but like, I was good. Like I've been um, my height five, five since fourth grade. So I've always been like a bigger, stronger girl. And I was a good hitter and it kind of just stuck. And then I fell in love with catching. Um, I loved working with pitchers. I loved the selfless position and that's what got me into softball and catching. And um, when I knew I wanted to play in college was honestly, when I just started getting like better and better, when I got to like middle school, like seventh grade, I started playing at a really high travel ball level. And we started going down to Virginia, Florida, Georgia. We went over to Tennessee and Kentucky for a couple of tournaments. And when I kept seeing softball at higher level, I just wanted more and more and more. And I've always been super competitive. So when I see that better catcher or when I see the better hitter, I'm like, okay, I'm going to beat you next time. Like watch this. And Um, I actually went to my first um, University of Maryland softball game in seventh grade as well. And I absolutely fell in love with it. The catcher at the time was Shannon Bustios and the pitcher was Caitlin Schmeiser. And I still idolize them to this day. And when I saw them like perform together, I just fell in love. And I knew like, this is what I wanted. And then from there on forward, I was like, I want to play at Maryland. I want to catch. I want to help the pitchers. I want to be selfless. And I just want to be a Terp and represent my state.
0: That's awesome. Um, the fact that you still know that exact moment, you still know who was the pitcher of that game, who was the catcher of that game. And now like you're in that same position now, uh, you know, fast forward in a few years, which is, you know, crazy and amazing uh, to kind of hear that story. Um, and you, you know, like you said, you're from Maryland and, and staying home at Maryland. I'm sure that has like some special value to you. Um, so just kind of talk a little bit about that, like college recruitment experience. And was it just that moment in seventh grade that you was like, this is the place I'm going and I'm going to do everything I can to get to- towards that goal. But like what ultimately led you to, to choose University of Maryland to be a student athlete? Mm-hmm.
1: Well, my recruiting process, let me start by saying it was a long one. I started in eighth grade. I started playing in our 18U gold level in eighth grade. I was like, I need to get there. Um, but the thing that really pulled me to Maryland was just, like, the fact that I could have the opportunity to represent my state. So, like, when I step on the field, like, yes, like, time to win, time to serve my pitchers. But it's, like, I got Maryland on my back. And we're not, like, um, schools, like, in Alabama, where they have an Alabama and Auburn. They have two state schools. Or Florida with the Florida-Florida state. Like, Maryland, like, this is it. University of Maryland, we represent our whole entire state. Like, yes, we have Towson and some strong other Division One schools, but, like, this is it. This is our flagship school. And that's what really pulled me to Maryland. And also I love the campus. And like, especially right now with the being fall and the leaves and the different colors and the beautiful brick that is consistent throughout campus, (laughs) really pulled me to Maryland. Um, and with the recruiting process, I didn't get any looks from Maryland until the early fall of my junior year of high school. I committed in November, um, the junior year of my high school and when I was a junior in high school excuse me um but it was hard it was a really tough recruiting process and the only reason or the main reason that I was recruited to play at Maryland by the old coach Julie Wright is because of our pitcher Courtney Weich um she is a junior on our softball team and she throws 70 71 miles an hour easy and I was the only catcher willing to squat in front of her and catch her very fast pitches. (laughs) so um if it wasn't for Courtney, honestly, I probably wouldn't be here. But uh, it was a very long recruiting process. The coach told me I she wasn't going to recruit me, and then all of a sudden, junior year, she's like, uh, "Let's have you on campus." So very long, but I'm happy for it. It made me the athlete I am today.
0: Absolutely, I'm glad you are here. And shout out to Courtney. Um, you know, with with the, with the strong arm and, and the fast pitches to to help you as well get here. So that's that's a cool story, um, as well. Um, and through your answers in terms of like talking about kind of why you fell in love with softball and like being a catcher. um, And we'll get into this, I'm sure, you know, in a, in a few minutes in this conversation, but like the fact that you play catcher, like, and you speak about like serving the pitchers and kind of like, I always look at catchers um, as like leaders on the baseball field, right. You're, you know, you're calling a game, you're making sure everything kind of goes according to plan. Right. So talking about entering college, and looking at yourself now, I guess, like as a senior, being a SAC president, uh, you know, being a leader on your team, being a leader across athletics, was that a part of your goal entering college? Like, Or what were some more of your goals, whether it be academically, athletically, professionally or personally?
1: Yeah, um, I'll be honest, entering college, I didn't have many goals. I was just trying like not to drown in schoolwork and the crazy amount of practices. I knew I definitely wanted to, you know, earn that starting spot on the softball field, Um, But I had no idea what SAC was too, when I came into college. I only um, start learning, I learned about SAC about December, maybe January of my freshman year. Um, I had no plans on being a leader. I just wanted to come in, meet as many other student athletes as I could, maybe help a few here or there. I just wanted to come in, keep at least a three five with my grades and have some fun on the softball field and maybe win a big 10 championship one day but get us to regionals for sure
0: absolutely and those are you know great expectations even though like you said like you didn't have like specific goals probably but i still feel like you had like expectations or like what you wanted from yourself like you said like playing softball was always a goal of yours and the fact that you were able to accomplish that you know it was was just the start of it um so i'm happy that we kind of talked about like the before and what led you to maryland and I'm sure we may have a few people listening out there that don't exactly know what SAC is. Um, so SAC is the Student Athlete Advisory Committee, um, and Katie is our student athlete president uh, with that. And this uh, this is your option now, Katie, to kind of give like your your pitch. And why should student athletes, you know, know about SAC and why is it important for student athletes to kind of be involved uh, with what with, with SAC's got going on?
1: Well, SAC is near and dear to my heart. So I encourage all student athletes to get involved with SAC one way or another. If it's just coming to one general body meeting a year or reaching out to the president or anyone on the exec board with issues or things that we could fix, do it. But my big thing about SAC is that SAC gives us student athletes a platform to change stuff in our athletic department that can help us in the future or help us leave a legacy. So this year, our two main things with SAC is our public safety initiative. So we have just finished our public safety action plan on how to keep student athletes safer in the College Park area, because unfortunately, College Park is an unsafe town. And we're just trying to protect one another and really just keep our peers safe so we can perform perfectly in the classroom and on the field. Uh, But also a big thing we're doing this year with SAC 2 is we're gonna tackle turf fuel. So turf fuel for most of us is the $12 a week that we can use to spend at any restaurant, food place, coffee shop in our round campus. Well, a select few restaurants and coffee shops. But with inflation and prices skyrocketing in College Park, The $12 doesn't go too far. And we're gonna try to level the playing field across all sports with turf fuel, or at least see what we can do to help serve our other student athletes. But SAC is amazing. It's a platform we as student athletes can use to just help leave a legacy and help our fellow student athletes. It's a great organization and it gives us a lot of networking opportunities and leadership opportunities. I'm a huge fan. I recommend it to everyone.
0: <laughs> Absolutely, and I second everything she said. Uh, you know, I have the privilege to be a co advisor with SAC. Me and Risa. Um, so it's great to be able to walk, you know, and you know, kind of work alongside student-athletes that that get it and that understand the importance and understand that you know that y'all all have a platform to to use and to make um, campus better but also make your student-athlete experience better and, and safer and just adds a lot to, to y'all experience and you know I was uh, a SAC rep when, during my time as a student-athlete so it's definitely near and dear to my heart as well so you know continue to do the great work that you're doing and student-athletes out there listening you know get with SAC connect with SAC um, they're doing some great work um, and it's just the beginning I'm sure.
1: Oh, and can I add one more thing about SAC? Of course, of course. If you are a student athlete that wants to stay in athletics, you have to get involved with SAC. Just to flex real quick, (laughs) uh, two weeks ago, I was on a Big Ten SAC meeting for three hours, mind you. But Kevin Warren, our Big Ten commissioner, hopped on, and I got to talk to him one-on-one through Zoom. And that's connection right there. Send a follow-up email, and hey, he's your new bestie. Uh, Not really, of course. Excuse (laughs) me, Uh, you know, it just gives you those opportunities to really get your foot in the door if you want to stay in athletics too.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. And uh, Katie is very involved, of course, as the SAC president. Um, so that's something that she does. You know, besides you know being a student athlete here in softball, so that you know she gives some of her time to that. But also, you are a student first and foremost. Um, can you tell everyone what your your major is and um, maybe why you you chose to to decide to go on this path?
1: Of course. So I am a double major. I'm majoring in economics and criminal justice. And a fun fact about me is that I've switched my major six times.
0: Six yeah, times.
1: And wow. I'm still graduating on time.
0: That's another flex. Yes. I'm
1: <laughs> only in six credits next semester too. How I did that, I don't know. Um, but Um, I started out as a criminal justice major. I think that's the best place to start with my academic career. Um, I've always had like a love for, of course not like a love for crime, but I've always found it so interesting, like why people commit crimes, what happens in the courts, like what happens if they go to prison, all that fun stuff. Um, But then I started switching my major because I'm very good at math. I love numbers, math just speaks to me. Words confuse me, I'll be honest, but numbers, love them. So I was a math major for a while, and my mom's a teacher so I'm like, ooh, maybe I'll be a teacher too. Did a bunch of that stuff. And I had to take an econ class to fill on one of my math requirements and I fell in love with econ. As all of you know, econ's basically money, 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 money and who doesn't love money? Um so I fell in love with econ. I was really good at that. I then switched my major to econ a couple majors later. Um and then I took a crim elective and I'm like, oh, I still really like crim. Well, at Maryland, Criminal justice is one of our limited enrollment programs. So I had to reapply, sit through a lecture, and then I got back into the CRIM program. And now I'm econ and CRIM. And hopefully with that, since it's basically money and law, uh, hopefully one day I can work for the FBI or work for the government, maybe even get into some politics. But hopefully I can run for president in 2040. So I've already started my campaign for that. But um, yeah, I'm an econ and CRIM girl and I love it.
0: Absolutely. And it sounds like, you know, you took full advantage of like just experimenting with kind of what you wanted um, in terms of what you wanted out of your college experience uh, educationally, but also understanding like what you were good at. Right. So understanding like your skills, your strengths, uh, being strong in math, uh, understanding that you had a passion also for, you know, understanding crime and working uh, in a criminal justice field as well. So like I think that's so important for like student athletes to like not just, you know, it's okay to change your mind. It's okay to change your major. It's okay to kind of um, figure out what you want. Like you're so young. Um, I don't know. A lot of people have different, you know, thoughts and and feelings about when people should be able to declare majors. I know Maryland is a lot different than a lot of universities too. Like it's not, you know, everyone doesn't come into Maryland with a major. Uh, And I feel like a lot of colleges are like that, but even if you do choose a major as a sophomore, right, it's okay that, um, you know, continue to figure out what it is that you exactly want to do and then maybe be a double, you know, have a find that double major and be able to connect two things. So I think that's great that you figured that out. Um, and I'll ask you since we're talking about being a double major, um, but also being a president of SAC, also, you know, playing softball. So, how do you balance being a student athlete um and just being yourself?
1: Well. Let me start this by saying it is difficult and I've made a few mistakes along, along the way and that is okay. Um, but the best way I stay organized is that I put everything in my Google calendar I, and I really try to over-communicate. And especially if anyone student athlete or a, per, um, a person, you know, working in the professional field, the best way to juggle all your different roles is to over-communicate. Uh, one thing I've been stressing this year with my SAC exec team is let's just over communicate. If you need something or if you're working on something, drop it in the group me, call me, text me, email me even, and let's just communicate and keep each other in the loop with what we're doing. Just so if you need any help or if one day you're out sick, we can help pick up the extra slack and keep everything rolling. Mm-hmm. Um, but having my three different roles student athlete, um, double major, SAC. It's been really challenging, I'm not going to lie, but it's been so rewarding. Like those late nights and early mornings sending out emails and trying to do little things. When you see it all come together at the end, it makes it so worth it. Especially this Monday we had our sack and brew event and it was so difficult and while you know, you're you were, you were tag teaming it with me mm-hmm. had to find a date and then figuring out what we were going to order for the student-athletes, but once we got through all that and had the event, it was so rewarding, and to, like, hear our fellow student-athletes laugh or hear one person knock over the little Jenga tower, like, that's really what made it all worth it, so just at the end of the day, being able to serve my student-athletes and maybe one day leave a legacy for them makes it all worth it.
0: Absolutely, and I think you mentioned like just like doing that and planning an event like that you're working with you know external partners and you're working with so many different pieces, pieces across campus like you serve on so many committees whether it be through the Big Ten Conference whether it be through uh, UMD Athletics but you're getting that, uh, that experience kind of to really connect with so many different people so many different professions and so many different professionals and you're you know a student athlete so I think that is you know being able to understand the importance of balance at you know as a college student is so important but also like you said like it's been a rewarding experience for you and I I think like it'll definitely all pay off in the long run for you I hope it will
1: it's already paying off absolutely
0: (laughs) no doubt Uh, and, and talking about that like what are if you had to say like a few things specifically that you have struggled with whether it be as a freshman entering college, or even now, um, again, as a senior and serving in in so many roles, like what are some things that you have struggled with uh, in particular? And then how did you ultimately like overcome these?
1: The biggest thing I've struggled with from my freshman year to now is prioritizing myself and like giving myself time for like self-care or even just to get in like eight hours of sleep. Mm -hmm. It has been so difficult for me to prioritize that. And one thing I've been doing this year to really help that is on Saturdays, I don't look at my email. I turn off my email notifications and I'm just Katie. I'm laughing with my roommates. We might, you know, clean the kitchen, but whatever we're doing, I'm just taking a step back from school. Well, when we had games, of course, I couldn't take a step away from softball, Mm -hmm. but I try to unplug for that day and just enjoy it. Enjoy those 24 hours. So that's honestly been my hardest thing. Um, I've gotten really good at time management with my Google calendar and just holding myself to it. And giving myself like little rewards at the end of like a 25 minute study break, like a Hershey Kiss or like a few M&Ms, just something little like that. But the hardest thing for me is definitely prioritizing myself.
0: That's tough. I and mean, that's so tough for, for student athletes, because y'all have so much on y'all plate and you always feel like that you have to do something like else as well. Like it's hard for student athletes to relax. Um, And just because you feel like your whole life you've been training, even like you we were talking about earlier in terms of like playing travel ball, like that schedule is crazy um and then being a student athlete on top of that with practices and classes and everything so it is tough like it's tough you feel like you always have to be doing something or or somewhere else but understanding that self-care is so important prioritizing yourself protecting your peace like so that's i'm i'm happy that you um have figured that out and understood like saturday is like you know no work no no phone or no email or anything like that like it's just katie time so that's definitely so important and uh, and i'm glad that you um you're able to to do that thank you Speaking of, like, as kind of as we're, like, winding out, like, the between, of course, we talked about you involvement involved with SAC, but you're also um, this year joined, like, the Maryland Made Mentor Program. But, like, in terms of, like, just Maryland Made, like, what have you been involved with and, like, how has, you know, Maryland Made kind of helped position you kind of for, like, success beyond Maryland?
1: Let me start by saying Maryland Made has made my college experience amazing. Like, I owe Maryland Made so much. I will donate back once I'm a millionaire. But um, the big thing that Marilyn made really helped me with was the internship Academy. So after my sophomore year, right when the pandemic hit like March or March, May, 2020, I got into the internship program and I actually did my internship with the M club. So the M club is our student athlete alumni association. And I had an absolute blast like those um, maybe it was eight weeks, eight, 10 weeks. I forget how long it was, but that internship, made me the communicator I am today, taught me how to CC the right people on emails, how to take care of all the professional things that I just wasn't learning. And I really got to work on my resume with Tim Bryson, who's part of the Maryland Made staff. And every Tuesday for an hour and a half, we had an internship academy meeting and we learned about things that would actually help us later in life. Our first meeting um, on one of the Tuesdays was about financial literacy and like how to get a credit card, and if you want to start an LLC, this is what you need to do. You can make the LLC as simple as like Katie Dustin LLC, and it was just an amazing summer where like the pandemic, we were stuck inside anyways, but the Maryland Maid staff really utilized Zoom and helped me further myself just through Zoom. I would sit in my bedroom, do all my work, and I learned so many valuable skills through that internship. I, I just have to thank you guys, and I and through the M club, I got to talk to so many powerful alumni and so many people that are, you know, on different paths than I am, but I was able to hear about their experiences over the phone, encourage them to help donate back to athletics, of course, but I got to hear their story and learn so much. And my favorite part of some of the stories is when they would tell me their mistakes and how they bounce back from that. Cause I learned so much from them and then I was able to, you know, get on the path I am today. And that's definitely been one of my favorite things um that i've done with our maryland made staff the inter academy is a great internship program
0: that's great um appreciate you for sharing that um this past week um tim hopped on the instagram live with gerald who you know was a part of the internship um group from from last summer as well so it's kind of great to hear like how these stories like it tim always says like it works you know what i mean the process kind of it works and you are, you know, proof of that. And, you know, just kind of hearing your excitement about that experience, you know, bring a smile to my face and just like the, the work that uh, we're doing, but more than anything, like student athletes that y'all are getting it and that y'all completely understand like how important it is and like these skills that you're uh, getting now, um, you can utilize them forever. Right. Um, It's not just, you know, you you're not just, you know, getting experience to put on a resume. These are actually, you know, practical experience to actually help you be successful down the line and whatever you you know decide to do moving forward so thanks for sharing that um definitely important and, and kind of like my last question in terms of like the between is like this phrase more than an athlete um our series when we're interviewing these student athletes here on this podcast we ask everyone this question so like what does that mean to you more than an athlete more than
1: an athlete um That is a big identity question. Um, (laughs) I think to me, more than an athlete means that without my sport, I'm still a leader. I am still a very, very competitive person. I'm still my loud, bubbly self that I don't have to rely on my sport to be myself. I can step away like on Saturdays, for example, I can step away and still be myself and not have to worry about softball for those 24 hours. Or if I do, you know, it's because we're laughing and having a good time about it, but I can just. Be myself. And when my time does come to hang on my cleats, I'm still Katie Dustin. I'm still loud, competitive, sometimes in your face, but I still get the job done and have a good time.
0: I love that answer. And it it is so important. Like everything, maybe that you have gotten from athletics and something that people look at athletes um, towards is just because they are so competitive. And maybe you're someone that. You're you're passionate. But like you said, being able to step away from your sport and still have that same passion, whether it just be for something else, though, you can still be yourself truly um, without the sport. So that's so powerful and so important. Um, And diving into kind of our last segment. So beyond uh, I've heard you. um, I I got it written down right here. 2040 Katie Dustin for president. Uh, But, you know, looking at, you know, kind of maybe what some some steps that will lead up to that. What are some some goals that you have in, in the near future, but also down the line?
1: Okay, so in the near, I'm a big goal setter. So in the near future, right now, my goal is to hopefully work for the FBI or at least get a good government job. I mean, government's a goal um, with good benefits so I can move out within a year of graduating. So I can give my parents some space and then get some space for myself and really get my feet under me. Um, so that's a short-term goal. And I've applied for a bunch of jobs already. We've started to hear back from a few, so very promising. So please wish me luck. Um, and then in the far future my professional goals, I'll be honest, I don't really know what they are right now because I'm just trying to get a good job so I can start to work my way up because in the public sector, it's all about when you start and to get promoted, you have to be there the longest and then work your way up and show that you're qualified to keep working your way up. So maybe hopefully if I do get into the FBI, I'll be a leader on my team and I'll really be able to help some families. And of course I'll be able to enforce the law. Um, but just protect people and you know, if I can help at least one person or save a life, that's worth it.
0: Absolutely. And kind of just talk about maybe a little bit about like that, um, kind of the process and like how are like you positioning yourself for like job applications, um, you know, how are you finding like where you want to apply and things like that. So like what's that process been like?
1: Mm -hmm. So When I started the process and started, you know, really trying to build myself professionally, build my brand, if you will, um, Tim Bryson helped a lot with my resume and my cover letter. And we created a great skeleton cover letter that I just use for all my jobs. And my resume is packed. And also, um, fun fact, there is a difference between your regular resume and a federal resume. I did not know that. Um, But I found all my jobs just by honestly using Google and going to USA jobs, and I would scroll through and see whatever ones I'm qualified for, and I would just attach my resume and cover letter, send it in. I also did use careers for Terps a little bit, but I'm a big USA jobs person, or um, I have started looking at private private sector jobs, and I just go to the company's website, go to find jobs, put in my major, and submit stuff from there, and I think the biggest thing about my job search is you just have to be, like, vigilant. You just have to sit down, block out like an hour or two, excuse me, and then submit as many resumes, cover letters, whatever. And you always just have to know or have the confidence that you're qualified enough, or at least you think you are, and fake it till you make it. So um, it's been a long journey, but hearing back from some places, it's, it's been rewarding.
0: Absolutely, definitely, and um, just talking to you if, a little bit like this semester, I, I kind of got the feel for that. Like you are on top of it in terms of you know the application process. Like I remember, I think it was in like September. Like you're like asking about like the federal resume or anything. So like you were on it. Like as soon as you rolled into to senior year, and I'm sure like even this summer, like you were preparing yourself. So you're well like well on your way for that. Uh, and this next question is, is kind of tough, uh, and a lot of people you know on this podcast always have some great answers for this question. So like, I'll ask you like, what does success mean and look like to you?
1: Great question. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Of course, um, real quick, whenever you think of success, you think about, you know, making millions and all that, having the biggest house, the fastest car and all that. But honestly, success for me at the end of the day, have a stable career and just honestly be happy. I'm a very positive, happy, bubbly person. And you know, if my salary isn't the best, In the beginning, I'll make it work. But if I'm happy and I'm doing my job to the best of my abilities and I'm helping people, I'm helping my team, I'm, you know, helping my community, then that's success to me. You know, at the end of the day, what's going to happen with my money? I'm going to spend it, pay my bills, la-da-da. But if I can really help people and I can, you know, just serve my community or serve the people I'm working for, success. I win. (laughs)
0: <laughs> absolutely absolutely and it's taking care of the people that you you know aim to take care of and, and being happy um those are you know so important um and success like you said and, and that's great there and kind of as we're winding down um just kind of reflecting right you still have one more season um to, to play softball so I'm excited for that I'm excited to be the liaison for the softball team um through Maryland May as well um but what would you say, say has kind of been like your favorite Moment um, as a student athlete at Maryland, like when you when you graduate in in May, May maybe it hasn't happened yet. But to this point, once you graduate in May, and you look back. What's been your favorite moment as a student athlete?
1: Oh my gosh! Okay, so there's a lot because I've had a blast. Um, I think my favorite memory as a student athlete thus far is probably when we beat Northwestern last spring on our field. It was the first game of a set of our Saturday doubleheader. I was fortunate enough to start that game and. My girl, Courtney, our pitcher started that game as well. And my favorite memory was, um, I forget her name, but one of their like top three hitters who was leading the big 10 in triples was up to bat. And I think they had runners on like second and third. It was a really intense moment. And I remember me and Courtney looked at each other and we're like, all right, time to get her. And Courtney struck her out in three pitches, like swinging three pitches. And I, I just remember that feeling. I was just filled with happiness. And you know, we ended up winning that game so thus far that is my favorite memory and it was on our field like what a better environment <laughs>
0: that sounds like a beautiful moment right there
1: oh and northwestern was phenomenal and they were having an amazing year so i'm just fortunate enough to you know compete with them and you know beat
0: them no doubt no doubt uh and then one uh two more questions and this one is kind of like we've been talking a lot about maybe like your career i uh, also talking a lot about softball but is there something else that you're you're passionate about or that you, you know, maybe devote some time to?
1: Yes. Um, so a little tidbit into my personal life. I am actually a big scuba diver. So I started scuba diving around the same time I started playing softball. But I'm advanced certified right now. So, like, I can go in caves and shipwrecks and I can go down to, I think, like, 110 feet. Um but one of my life goals is to become a rescue certified scuba diver so I know how to save people in water, you know, CPR, all that good stuff, and maybe one day become um, a master certified scuba diver, which means I can certify other scuba divers. Um, but of course, I can't go scuba diving all the time. Um, I've done a lot of scuba diving in the Floridas, in the Caribbean, and that is just one thing so near and dear to my heart. It is a different world down there, and it is peaceful and relaxing in the bubbles. It's just... It's an amazing thing. You know, if I could do one thing for the rest of my life, sorry, softball, but it would be scuba dive. It is just amazing. And hopefully that's one thing I can accomplish before, you know, I get too old to carry my tank to the boat.
0: Wow. Uh, Katie, uh, that's that's something I don't know if I'll ever be able to do that, but hearing you talk about it and your excitement for it, maybe one day I will try that. But yeah, I don't know. I don't know. That's, that seems difficult, but I, I may have to hit you up uh, and, and see you know, where I can get some lessons or something like that.
1: Maybe I'll be a master certified scuba diver at that point, but then we'll meet in the Cayman Islands.
0: (laughs) So what's that one place that you've been scuba diving like that's stuck out to you? Like what's been your favorite so far?
1: Okay. I've scuba dived in a bunch of places. My favorite is the Cayman Islands, uh, that small little Island that's still shut down because of the pandemic, but I don't know what it is about it. It's like scuba diving in bathwater. The water's so warm. There's no current and it's just gorgeous and you see lionfish everywhere. I mean, granted, they don't last long once you see them, but it's just beautiful.
0: Wow. I got to Yeah. I, I'm, I'm going to do my research, Katie. and I'm, I'm going to get back to you on this. Yeah. Cause definitely I'll add this just cause Katie, you know, Katie says scuba diving is, is her passion and it's for her. I'll definitely have to look into that. Um, and our, my final question, uh, I always like the extra current student athletes, this, and it's kind of like our wise word segment. Um, you are a senior, you're a leader on campus. You are the SAC president. So What is that one piece of advice from the SAC president that you would like to offer younger student athletes?
1: Take risks. Get involved. Take risks. You know, if I wasn't involved in SAC and as involved and loud and involved with athletics as I am, I don't know if I would be where I am. And I would consider myself to be in a very nice spot for after college. But I just really want all student athletes to take the risk. Go to FCA at 8 p.m. on a Monday or come to a SAC General Body Meeting at 7 p.m. Or take that risk and reach out to someone on the SAC board or reach out to other student athletes and see what you guys can do together. Take risks, hang out, build some bonds for after college and just have a good time. We're only here for four years. And let me tell you, my four years have flown by. Um, Really just take a risk. It's okay if you fail and have a good time while you're at Terp. We're not here for too long, unfortunately.
0: For sure. I love that. I mean, that's a perfect thing to, to end on. Um, scuba diving and taking risks. Um, Katie, I definitely appreciate your time um, today. And my last thing, uh, where should people find you or connect with you, whether that be social media, LinkedIn, um, plug your plug all your info?
1: Oh, my gosh. Well, <laughs> if you want to reach out to me via email, my email is kdustin at um, I normally respond to 24 hours to my emails, except on Saturdays. Don't email me. Um, or you can hit me up on Instagram, kdustin10. Um, you can't miss it. Or text or call me. I mean, just if you want to reach out to me, reach out and I will respond. And let's get it going. Whatever you need. I'm here to work.
0: Sounds good. I'll make sure to put Katie's info in the episode notes, but Katie, this was fun. Uh, I definitely enjoyed this conversation. With everyone out there listening, appreciate y'all for tuning in uh, to another episode of the Marilyn Made podcast. Make sure you're following Marilyn Made on Instagram and Twitter at MD Terps and connect with us on LinkedIn as well. And please be sure to download, subscribe and share our episodes on Apple, Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts so you never miss an episode. But until next time, we are out. <laughs>